1: Welcome back, everyone, to another Welcome to the J episode. I'm your host, Jehan Staniga, a.k.a. 12, a.k.a. Canadian Red Bull. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. You can get content such as this. I'm representing the Js today. Uh, Other guys represent their alma maters as well. So make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends. A lot of good stuff happening at the network right now. Got a very special guest for our 18th episode of the third season of the Welcome to the J podcast. He is maybe one of the most beloved teammates in the locker room during my time as a student athlete at the Hilltop. He played a critical role as a walk-on to get us ready for our games. He is a member of two Missouri Valley Championship teams. And now he's probably the tallest pharmacist in American history. He is one of my best friends, my boy, my brother from another, Mo Buluwaga Ogini, aka Mo is in the building. What up, Mo? Hey,
2: appreciate you, man. Happy to be here. That's a great introduction.
1: Hey, it's a long time coming. I've been meaning to get you on the podcast here for three years, basically. We finally got it done. So obviously you were studying and stuff for your uh, for pharmacy school. I didn't want to bother you in the middle of that. And once your career started getting going, I didn't want to bother you in the middle of that. Now that you got your footing a little bit, I feel like, you know what, now is a good time for you to, you know, come back into the hearts and the minds of the Crane fans everywhere who obviously, you know, saw you as a fan favorite for everything that you did. How are you doing? You know, what you've been up to?
2: I'm good. Like you said, I uh, finished pharmacy school about a year and a half ago, so really just starting the career off. I'm finishing up a postdoc um, out here in Boston, so just working on that on a at a pharmaceutical company on their medical team, and life is good, man, so happy to be here. excited to talk.
1: <laughs> Let's do it.
2: Let's get right into it. Georgetown
1: versus Jays last night. Whew, not much of a game to watch because the Jays ran all over Georgetown. Tip-off, basically. Kind of started the game on like an 18-0 run. Uh, It ends up being a 40-point win in Omaha. This was their last home game of the Big East regular season. Score was 99-59. to What were your initial thoughts uh, as you were watching the game? And obviously, uh, after the game ended, what was your
2: first thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, that the game, the, the boys came out to play. Obviously, Georgetown um, being a, a lower seed, um, we were expected to, to win, but I really liked how they started the game. I saw um, they really made an emphasis to give it to Cockbrenner early, and we know from, from just seeing um, him play that when we feed him, usually the, the boys end up playing well, um, him being one of the leading scorers or field goal percentage scorers in the Big East country. And then also, or in the, in the country, and then also I like what I saw from Trey Alexander. He was lightning hot from the three-point line. The boys just looked like they played together, so. Yeah, they like
1: came out on fire yesterday, uh, but obviously like it comes from the defensive end. They go on an 18-0 run to start the game. Uh, I mean, that, that's kind of crazy when you think about it, right? Like you basically were given an 18-point uh, like run like to start, like that's, that's insanity. Like, we just spotted you 18 points, basically. Uh, so it was really nice to see, obviously, like you said, like, Cockburner uh, got a touch early. That was their first high-low play uh, to get him a dunk to start the game. Before you know it, they're getting defensive stops. They're running in transition. They're knocking down threes, you know. Coach Mack uh, – no, sorry, Trey Alexander said in the uh, post-game press conference about, like, how their defense, like, leaked into their offense. And, you know, it saw it affecting in a the positive way. That's something that the Jays were kind of lacking in their last couple of games versus Marquette and versus Villanova. So, how good was it to see the Jays, you know, get those defensive stops and help it and watch that help them
2: in offensive transition? Yeah, no, I mean, as you know, as a player and me as well, defense is what really wins games. Sometimes the shots aren't always going to come in. So, them being able to focus on the defense and, like you see, as you, like you saw. Offense just, just follow in from there was a good thing to see. So hopefully the boys can keep that momentum rolling as we roll into the uh, Big East tournament and, and post postseason play. Shout out to uh, uh, Rob
1: Anderson for this following stat. I uh, saw that on Twitter last night. Trey Alexander joined Ethan Rogge, Kyle Corver, Mitch Balick as the only other Jays to have two or more seven three-point made games in a season like, that is just about as good company as you can find there. Those are three of the top shooters to ever play at Creighton. Uh, last year, you know, Trey Alexander's 2 shooting percent. It wasn't all that. It was something that he said that he definitely worked on in the offseason. How how cool is it to see that, like, such a young player, such a dynamic player. We saw how important he was down the stretch for the Jays last year in the Big East tournament and also in the NCAA tournament. Kind of had to switch his role a little bit with playing alongside R2 more this year. He figured out that he's going to need to learn how to catch and shoot the ball at a high level and he certainly shown out throughout the year he's definitely been the most improved three-point shooter on the jays roster how cool is it to see like such a young player go from understanding what he needs to do to get better working on that every single day in the summer and then seeing it translate in and out he's in the lore of like creating greats as far as shooting is
2: concerned no i mean what you just said is goes to show it i mean um, as a young player your job is to work in those summers and get better and you can definitely see that he's put in that work um, talent takes you such, so far but he's actually been able to add his talent to development so you can see that he's thrown in that role last year and even this year he's um, doing even better as far as three-point percentages look so um, I think that it's, it's great like you said good company and hopefully they can keep it rolling they definitely have to keep it rolling because it's not going to
1: get any easier from here. Literally, you know, like you said, your your first thing was that Georgetown is at the bottom of the rankings in the Big East conference. They're having a really rough go of it. Uh, it you don't really want to beat a horse while they're down, but it's just Georgetown's quality is not quite the quality of team that the Jays are going to be facing moving forward, especially in the Big East tournament or in the NCAA tournament. But at the same time, like it, doesn't it feel like it, it's, it's a really good feeling to see the Jays just go out and, and hit an opponent with one, two, three combo punches and just not, not let go of the gas
2: pedal, so to speak?
1: So, how, how cool was it to see that as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, what? It's March second, right now. So this is the most important time of the year. So I think that having these games where everybody gets a touch and everybody's feeling comfortable and what their role is and what they need to be doing is only going to help them down the stretch. So I think it was great. And then we got one more with the Paul, and then head to New York City.
1: Trey Alexander, twenty-five points, uh, eight of eleven shooting. That's as efficient as it gets. Only took eleven shots to get twenty-five points. We have your fellow Saint lunatic Ryan Kalkbrenner, who added sixteen points. Uh, a major uh, role in the Jays' victory, especially early on. And you have Sharman, who was uh, celebrated on night, 13 points, 13 rebounds. We saw the bench guys who were able to come in and play significant minutes. You know, Sharif Mitchell had a nice little highlight play down the stretch, the spin move with a lefty uh, layup. Uh, we've been lamenting the bench score from the Jays all year long, obviously. Like, this is a situation where they're able to get some extended minutes and get their legs out there and... And kind of get a flow for the game we're still kind of missing scoring from fabarello um scoring from mason miller uh but at the same time you know in a game like this, it's just kind of good to see those guys get those extended minutes you were one of the guys who you know when there was games like that you were able to get your legs uh fresh and get into the game and try to do something spectacular which you did a couple of times if i remember correctly like i To have those pictures that pop up on my phone every once in a while of you like dunking on a guy and the rest of the bench squad going crazy. Uh, When you're in that position and you're able to step in all the practice work that you've done, you know, throughout the week to prepare the boys uh, to get ready for a game like that. How good does it feel to like have your name be called to check in and to get that extended playing time?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the things you work for and the things you live for. So, I mean, for me, it was very exciting, and you just want to go out there and perform the best you can. So, yeah, being able to contribute to the team and then have your teammates cheer you on is is no better feeling. So.
1: Bro, Mo, you almost tore the rib down. I forgot who it was. <laughs>
2: Bro, I, I, I'm, on, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to send me that picture again because I need to see what team that I was against. But
2: Yeah, I think Mo, I think it was like my very first like exhibition game or something, like my, my <laughs> first like, freshman year. I got that. I kind of fumbled the ball a little bit and then just rose up and, and, and caught a body on <laughs> a couple people. <laughs> Understatement of the year, caught a body. You guys need to go back and find that
1: picture, tag me in it on Twitter or whatever. Mo absolutely destroyed it, man. I, I forgot what team that we were playing, but that is one of my favorite moments for sure because we all exploded off the bench. Like, we couldn't believe what we just saw because, like I said, like, at that point, you were playing against Gregory Atchunike every day in practice. Like, that's no easy feat. So you come in and then you just terrorize somebody. I was like, damn, I didn't have all those, you know? Like, yeah. that, that was the most eye-opening thing. Mo Loki being, like, one of the best athletes that we've ever had on squad and you guys <laughs> don't even know it. That's the crazy, that's the craziest part. All right, we're going to look forward a little bit to the Big East tournament. Uh, most likely, the Jays are going to end up in that 4-5 seed, uh, which means that they're most likely going to be playing UConn in the first round, or, yeah, I guess technically second round, since there's going to be the playing game before that. Uh, you were able to beat in stores uh, not too long ago to watch a Creighton-UConn game, a game that the Jays lost in stores. They are able to beat UConn in uh, Omaha, so this might be a little bit too much of an early preview because some things might shake up one way or another and those two don't face each other. But if they were to face each other Mo, you haven't been able to see UConn live, what was your uh you know, impression of that game? Uh what did you see from when the Jays lost? And can you contrast that to the stuff that they did well when they beat them in Omaha?
2: Yeah, I think that for them, for uh, the Jays to be successful against UConn, it really just starts in the defensive end, like we mentioned. Um, from the game that I went to and uh, at UConn, um, their big man really um, had a great game. So I think that shutting him down and then working from the working at the guards too, the Jays will be successful. So I think the defensive end holding UConn to um, as few points as they can. Um, we know Yukon's a talented team, but Creighton can also bring it as well. So um, if that matchup does happen, I think the Jays, Jays have something to, to show.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Where the Jays have really struggled on the defensive end, and you know, you you mentioned Sonogo just now, the Yukon big. Uh, mm-hmm. who was able to be successful against Cal Bernard both times was born doing it away from the basket in pick and pop situations. I think he made three threes in Omaha. We saw it last week uh, with Dixon, the big man from Villanova who had a career night, uh, made like four threes in the first half, ended up with uh, five or six threes if I remember correctly. Any pick and pop five has given the Jays trouble. And you know, you are a guy that had to cover that position uh, talk to me about like the difficulties of a guy like Ryan Kaufner, Uh having to deal with uh, fives or able to pick and pop, uh, knock down threes at a regular pace, and that kind of gets the whole Jays defense like off balance, so to speak. We saw it against uh, Xavier last year with Nunji, who was able to step out and you know help Xavier come back from a big second half uh, deficit to win in Omaha last year. So talk to me about like that position, how difficult it is to play defensively and why it's such a challenge for a guy like Cogbender.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it forces you to, to pretty much be a guard as far as at the big man level. So if you're not expecting to um, play out there or you're not expecting somebody to shoot on a day, in, day in, uh, out basis, then it's kind of difficult. But I think that um, having repetition and understanding the scouting report really will, will change um the mentality for for the jays. I think that understanding um who who the shooters are can help um, our our defensive. But as far as like me and as far as um playing that position, I think that um, it really just comes down to being able to understand that if a guy does get by you, you got your teammates to be able to help you out and just understanding your your lateral movement and quickness. Yeah, that that's kind of been the biggest struggle for the Jays is that like
1: Cogbrenner gets a little iffy once he gets out there. He might fall for a pump fake. And it's not really the same way that Cogbrenner is such a great help defender. The Jays haven't really figured out to be able to help him when bigs are attacking him off the dribble. We saw that Dixon got to the rack pretty easily in that Villanova game. And that was where, you know, the Jays really uh, faltered defensively. Um, I trust that Mac has obviously seen that example a few times this year. I trust that they're going to make some sort of adjustment. I'm excited to see, you know, how they're going to figure out to play pick and pop fives. But that's kind of been Jay's Achilles heel, so to speak, defensively this year. It's something that they certainly have to address and pay attention to moving forward. Because, again, the NCAA tournament, you know how it is. It's very fickle. Like, it's it's one bad matchup and you're out of there. Like, you and I both know that for sure. So, uh, is something that the Jays are definitely going to have to, you know, pay attention to and get better at uh, for sure. We saw yesterday uh, something that I've been, you know, amused to see all year long is the uh, sort of friendship and relationship of Ryan Nemhard and Trey Alexander kind of blossom onto the court. Uh, Trey Alexander in that post-conference again gave uh, R2 a bunch of a love of, as far as the one guy that he knows will always be able to find him that's always looking for him. Uh we saw R2 with the confidence that he's shown in in Trey, especially yesterday, just dapping him up extra hard after all of those threes because he's the one that gave him that that assist. How is it how important is it for the Jays backcourt moving forward for them to play uh really, really well down the stretch, especially with, you know, not so much bench bench production as we have and and the extended minutes that those guys are gonna have to play?
2: yeah I mean it's vital. i mean the the chemistry that those guys have, as you do know, and being in a locker room, it goes uh, deeper than on the court. I think that that really helps to produce how how well you do produce on the court. so we we need all those guys to step up um feel making threes, making those plays, making the extra passes. those little things um string into wins. so I think it's very important
1: so mo i I need to <laughs> I need to get at you a little bit too because I'm not realizing that. You were at that UConn game in Storrs. The Jays lost. You were at the Providence game in Providence. Double overtime. The okay. Jays lost. Okay. So <laughs> I think we're seeing a pattern here. Mo, are you going to be at Madison Square Garden for Big East tournament? Because if
2: so, <laughs> this is bad news for Jays. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not the bad luck charm. Listen here, but no, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit that one out. I'm gonna watch from from my apartment in Boston. So <laughs> I will not be there. <laughs> please do please
1: do and please don't wear any jays paraphernalia at all just wear like a boston celtics t-shirt or something don't don't wear any i'm not a boston celtics fan first of all
2: and i'm not superstitious but but yeah no the jays will be fine and i i'm not the bad luck charm but you're right the two games i did go to they, they did unfortunately lose so
1: Hey, I, it's coincidence. I guess that's what we're going to have to call it now. If you end up going to Madison Square Garden and we lose, it's not going to be coincidence anymore. I'm just going to take the entire Jays Nation on you, bro. Like, no lie, because you're costing oh. us some wins here that we, we definitely could have. But that Providence game, though, I definitely want to talk to you about that. I know it's a little bit – it was a couple of weeks ago, but how crazy was that to be in the building in that environment in a double overtime game that the Jays narrowly lost? I think they just kind of lost our – didn't have enough legs to really finish the game after – some guys play like up to 50 minutes. So how was that environment? How cool was it
2: to be in the building that day? Yeah, I mean, as you know, like that, the energy, uh, I guess they don't call it the, dunk, I forget what the new name is, but the energy in that. that yeah, arena. Dunkin' Donut. I still call it Dunkin' Donut. Bro. right, we'll call it the Dunkin' Donut. Arena, but <laughs> The energy is unmatched. I mean, their student section really shows up and, and the fans are really into it, similar to how we have in Omaha. So um, that was a matchup for sure. And then Creighton and Providence always have a, a good um, rivalry going. So, I mean, Going to double overtime, it was coming down to the wire. I remember um, um, Ryan uh, Nemhard made some um, go-to baskets at the end of the game, if I remember correctly. And then overtime, we had a few chances to win and it just didn't fall our way. But um, that's kind of the, the games you want to see. And that's the story of the Big East I see. I think that going into Madison Square, those games, I wouldn't be surprised if we had a lot of overtime games. Games will come down to the wire just because of the talent the Big East brings. There's so much talent in the Big East. It's definitely one of the better conferences
1: in the nation, for sure. And I agree with you there that there's going to be a ton of close games. Like, you shouldn't be tuning into a Big East tournament at any time expecting blowout wins left front and side like, That's just not going to happen, not even in the first rounds, not even in the playing rounds. Like, you're going to find some upsets. I remember my year playing in the Big East, uh, Nova was number one, and they lost to scene Hall right away. Like, that was, like, the very first game uh, of that Thursday morning, right? And it's just, like, you have to expect those things to happen because teams are rounding into form. You know, they've played each other twice up to that point. Uh, They know each other's best players. You you know who the big dogs in the the Big East are as far as, like, the individual players. And now you just have a chance to really uh, see where you stack up with the rest of them all playing in the same building, all playing in the same day. So, yeah, the Big East tournament, it's right upon us. Like, it's kind of wild, too, to think about, like, wow, the regular season is pretty much done, like, we the biggest tournament is a week from today basically yeah. and as we're recording right now so yeah it's, it's very important for the Jays not only to be running in the form but for every team who's participating to be running into form because if you're not ready to play like you're gone you might as well pack your bags and go home uh to finish the big East regular season the Jays going to Chicago which was your old neck of the woods to face the Paul the Paul again is not a team that's been doing uh, particularly well this season they're nine and 21 right now um Again, like they played Georgetown, not the greatest competition. They're about to play DePaul. You can't sleep on any team in the Big East, but I don't think it's a far stretch to say that that's a, a game that the Jays definitely are expected to win. What do the Jays have to do as far as maintaining concentration to make sure that they don't let this one slip away and they don't go into the Big East tournament with uh, you know bad habits?
2: Yeah, I mean, as as we saw yesterday, I think that they can just follow through what they did yesterday. I think that when you're up by a lot of points, it's easy to um, play down to the competition or play down to the scoreboard. But I think Mac does a good job of, of making sure that we kind of stay focused and, and keep those those small habits. So um, similar to with the DePaul game, um, just kind of keeping our habits, keeping what we need to do and focusing on what what helps us to win. So. Yeah, this is definitely going to be another one of
1: those. Like, I'm looking at the ESPN matchup predictor right now. The Jays have an 87.8% chance to win uh, going into Saturday on the road. Like, that's great odds for the Jays, but at the same time, it's very easy to be lackadaisical and allow something like that to go to your head and not mentally be ready for the game. You're right in the fact that Mac always has them ready or he always tries to, like, reboot the system, so to speak, so that the Jays don't go into that game, uh, think too highly of themselves and aren't concentrated on doing what needs to get done. I think what I really want to see out of that game is just uh, an extension of what we saw against Georgetown. Be who you're supposed to be and beat them handily, uh, especially in a tough environment like in Chicago. Like like that, playing DePaul in Chicago is just so tricky because even though they haven't been good in the last handful of years or whatever, is, you, you just can't uh, let your guard down. Like you literally can't let your guard down. You got to have your guards up being in Chicago and playing a Big East team so it's going to be interesting to see how that game is going to look on Saturday and and just like that like the Big East regular season will be done and then we'll kind of see uh where we line up uh with everybody else Mo I want to know uh a little bit more about your basketball career as far as what were some of your favorite like road trips places to play uh places that you got to see and, and visit and and the cities that you got to play in what are some of your favorite memories in a Blue
2: Jays uniform Yeah, I would say um, one of my favorite memories, the first one that comes to mind would actually be a home game that we had. Um, I think it was my freshman year, because I remember Twan was still on the team against Long Beach State where uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get that buzzer reader and, and uh, uh-huh. everybody stormed the court. So that was like a bracket buster game, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, do like, they even do favorite.
1: bracket buster anymore? I'm not even sure.
2: I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they do, which they should because it would kind of give you a little bit of a heads up kind of for the uh, March, but, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's one of my really favorite ones. Um, that first comes to mind. I'm trying to think what else, I mean, the transition from, the valley to the biggies because I did two years in the valley then two years in the biggies was nice because you got to see um all new cities. So um yeah. that was nice to just travel around and do that. So uh I would say
1: maybe waiting valley twice in your home city. Like I yeah, don't know for sure that was gonna be true. No, <laughs> we were down at the highest. This is very true. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I like thought that was gonna be one man. of the first things you said because yeah, the I don't know about, the about you, you, but if go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, if I could win a championship in Ottawa, bro, I'd be lit. Like, I'd be going crazy. So (laughs) you winning a championship downtown St. Louis, like, I felt like it doesn't really get much better than that.
2: No, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was fortunate that um, we we had a very winning team for all the four years I was there. So, um, has kept a good basketball tradition, and as you you got the flag behind you, so I remember those memories are kind of coming back. It's just so so long ago, man. Like it's twenty twenty three since so twenty thirteen, yeah. so it's just like, yeah, it's nice to reminisce with you. I actually got this flag from Jimmy, my older brother.
1: I always want to shout him out whenever people notice the twenty thirteen. Uh, championship flag, I think one of the fans reached out to him and sold it to him, uh, which is love from that fan too, like certainly appreciate uh, you because I think Jimmy was looking for one of these for my birthday and he was able to like get it for me. So this is one of my cherished memories for sure. Hanging a banner is always great. Uh, We have that representation in the championship center as well as uh, CHI health center. So yeah, those memories, like you just, you want to hold on to far as much as you can because before you know it, we're old farts now, but I don't know if you know it. Your boy's about to be 32 this
2: summer. <laughs> yeah, bro. I got dirty 30 coming this year, which is crazy. So <laughs> so yeah, we're we're getting up there. But I mean, like you said, those those memories in the locker room, bro. Like that time at Creighton, I'm sure that like you feel the same way and we can talk to any of our other teammates. Like you really like you hold on to those because it's like there's no other time like that. So it's Creighton's a special place. Creighton's a very special place. Like uh, you became one of my best friends
1: just with our association of being teammates first learning about each other becoming closer and closer friends over the years we used to do a thing called family dinner with me no. you Isaiah Zierden, uh, Caroline Nester. shout out Caroline Nestor who was a Blue Crew member uh, over the years so we were literally just every Sunday night you guys would come over to the dorm room and we just have some food uh, prepare some food with each other cook whatever and then just sit down and eat uh, and just kind of talk and, and get to know each other. And that's why I say, like, you're one of the most beloved people in the locker room because I know, like, you would you do stuff like that with me. Like, I know, like, the stuff that you're doing with other guys uh, in the locker room, like, as far as, like, a friendship level is concerned. Uh, what were some of, you know, uh, not to dig too deep into this, but some of the, like, experiences that or moments that you shared with other
2: guys that, like, held a special moment in your in your heart? I mean, for me, it was just like the uh, the off the court stuff. I mean, you, I, we all could play basketball, but I think that just like being able to like have lunch at, um, I forget what it's called, Brandeis, wherever we went. Brandeis. Yeah, sharing <laughs> sure, meals. And for me, it's like the relationship aspect of things. So, I mean, I'm still in touch with a lot of guys. And like you said, like we've become like brothers. I probably one of my favorite um, summers was your first year overseas when you came back to um, Omaha and we got to live together. So it's just like I kind of just cherish those relationships as you get older, um, you kind of are in different places. So um, just being able to being in one place, like um, waking up to play ball with like your friends every single day. Like, when can you ever do that? So those, mm-hmm. those type of memories. When you put it like that, like it's true, like when
1: in life? Can you just wake up and be with the homies and just hoop? Like that's what we did for four years straight. Yeah. It's kind of strange to think about it that way, but it's true. Like it it, it flies by for sure. Um, but when you're in the moment, though, you you feel like like this is gonna last forever, and, and it really doesn't. So when you look back on it, you have all those memories that you're able to just kind of hold on to and cherish. And you know that's kind of where we're at in our in our old lives now. I guess all the young men that we, are. Boy, you're about to be thirty this summer. No way, bro. Yeah, bro. Facts. facts Facts only only. all right so we got biggie's tournament coming up next week ncaa tournament uh after that the jays right now and they've been projected as high as fifth uh like a fifth seed uh from what i've seen and as low as like an eight nine seed uh with after all of this stack up if the jays have a nice showing in the biggie tournament, and nice showing means winning their first game uh, maybe winning or losing the semifinals, maybe winning or losing in the finals. Like, that's what, if they lose their first game, I don't call that a nice showing, obviously. But I think if they're able to get by their first opponent, because it's, then they're going to be in the top four of the Big East, anything can happen and it's all matchup dependent. They've beaten those teams, they've lost to those teams at the, at the top four, except for Marquette. Uh, where do you think the Jays are going to stack up as far as like seeding is concerned in the NCAA tournament? And how important is it for them to get as high as the seating as possible?
2: Yeah, I mean, as you know, seeding matters. Uh, That first game could be tough depending on where you are. So um, Mm -hmm. if we could get, I think you said like a four or five, um, that'd be great. Um, Six and seven is also not a bad spot. Um, The lower seeds um, obviously would be a little bit tougher, but I don't think there's anything that you can't handle. The thing about the NCAA tournament is um, these aren't teams you're playing day in, day out. You kind of get a well, for the first game, you get a, a decent scouting report. For the second game, you only have two days to turn around. So I think that mm-hmm. having that higher seed and being able to play a team that um, is um, lower would would be great for the Jays. But you can't underestimate any team in the tournament. It's March, so you you understand how that goes.
1: Yeah, it's it's also tough, too, in a year uh, like this year where there's so much parity. Like uh, we before we got on air, we were talking about Indiana. Shout out to Josh, who's our producer in the background, who's a student at Indiana. About like them beating Purdue twice this year, and both times they beat them, they were number one. They turn around and they lose to Iowa. You know, like who's a middle of the pack team in the Big Ten? Yeah, that that's fine. But it's like there's so much parity as far as who's beating who and who's losing to who. Like it's been basically a shuffling of the deck in the top twenty-five all year long. Uh, we were in it last week. We're not in it right now, as far as the Jays are concerned this week. You know what I mean? So uh yeah it, it's it's definitely going to be tough uh it, it's definitely going to be a, a one of those things where matchups you know styles make fights that old boxing analogy uh depending on the matchups it's going to be a really interesting game so um like i i would almost i almost want to say that the seedings don't matter in a year like this year particularly because what really matters more than anything like because we're we're not kinda, it's, we're no longer in an era where like if you were seeded one through four, you're expected to be like a, a sweet 16 team. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't happen anymore. Like we've already had like the 16 one upset. Like we've already had like all these crazy things happen in the NCAA tournament. So in this day and age, it's really like anybody could beat anybody on any given night. So it, it's, it's just one of those things. Like the Jays are going to have to be careful, uh, you know, going down the stretch and and really kind of have to bring their a game for every game, including this one against the Paul this weekend, because, like you said, like like anything can happen. It's March. Like this is the time of year that the boys have been waiting for. Anything else that you'd like to add as far as, you know, what we should look forward to
2: in the, for the Jays, for the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament? No, I mean, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how things go. I mean, like, you know, the Big East tournament is back to back to back games. It's like a tournament. So um, just have to have fresh legs. The bench is going to be very important and um, stay out of foul trouble. I think that those are the keys for us. So like with any team, and I'm excited to see um, how things go. Lucky for us, we're not one of those teams
1: that uh, are fouling a ton. Like that's one of the things that the Jays have been able to do well and kind of get away with is to play good defense without fouling for the most part this year. Like I said, we know defense is perfect. There's some things you're willing to give up. That pick and pop with the five is is the Achilles deal for the Jays defense. So like I said, I'm excited to see what Coach Mack is going to come up with, what the coaching staff is going to come up with in order to deal with situations like that. And then we just kind of move forward and, and kind of hope and pray for the best as far as, you know, uh, success uh, comes with with what the Jays are producing on the floor. Uh, any last
2: words for Jays fans anywhere as we wrap this uh, episode up, Mo? Um, I don't really have much to say, but it's, it's good to talk to Blue Jay Nation again. And um, hopefully I'll see you guys soon. Hopefully, but not in the arena, though, because we know what happens when you show <laughs> no. up. Hey, no, that's actually kind of crazy because um, when I was out there uh, watching you play, bro, mm-hmm. uh, oh, you guys lost and you guys were, like,
1: undefeated Yo. or something. So, Okay, so that's crazy. Mo came to visit me in Austria here earlier this year, right? And uh, the one game that he was able to watch at home, we lost. We lost it. We're the number one team here in Austria. Uh, from the time of my recording right now. So if something bad happens, nobody come back and say that I jinxed anything. But with the number one team here, we, were, we weren't we were undefeated at home. I can't say that. That's not true. But the one game you were able to watch, we lost. So that, But there's something about it, man. I'm telling you. For th- Maybe this is the year that you just stay away. Maybe this yeah, is the I think, year. I think where... I'm, I'll just stay in my
2: apartment and lock myself up. I don't <laughs> mad at me. No hate mail, no nothing. <laughs>
1: That is hilarious. Wow, I appreciate you so much for stepping into the J with me, bro. Uh, sure. We'll make sure to have you back in the future for sure. Uh, love you, dude. Appreciate you as always. You already know. Uh, good luck to the Jays, obviously, for the game against Nepal this Saturday. Make sure that you guys are tuned into that. And we'll have a preview of the Big East tournament uh, early next week uh, as we get into Big East tournament time. I can't believe it's already here. It feels like the season literally started two days ago. Uh, Mo, thank you once again for for making the time, and as always, go Jay.